Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. Don, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. What can I do with your face? What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace in delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're having a great weekend back in New York. I am actually in San Diego at the annual meeting of the American Society for Plastic Surgeons. Uh, this is the big one. This is the one we all wait for every year. And it's in San Diego this year. And I just uh, was part of a panel discussion, and I'm going to tell you all about uh, what I did and about the new things uh, at the American Society for Plastic Surgeons meeting in San Diego. So this show is a show about you. This is about your wrinkles, about your fat, about your large nose, about your small buttocks maybe, or your big buttocks. That's what this is all about. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. I'm board certified plastic surgeon. Dr. Arthur Perry, and you can become part of the show by giving us a call. 800-321-0710 is the number. 800-321-0710 is the number. We are live from San Diego, California, where it is absolutely beautiful. I know it's beautiful in New York now also, but uh, it is uh, absolutely wonderful in Southern California, and uh, I'm having a great weekend out here. 800-321-0710 is the number. Give me a call, and uh, and. Ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night. And I know they, uh, there are lots of them. Uh, maybe it's about uh, the facelift that you're going to have this Wednesday. Probably not, by the way. You're probably not having a facelift because every plastic surgeon in the country is right here in San Diego. Hopefully you won't fall and get uh, require stitches this weekend because we're all out here. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons has 8,000 members. And uh, by the looks of things, I think that everybody's here. Uh, and, in fact, right now we're overlooking the exhibit area, and there's a flurry of activity out there, all the plastic surgeons. We just had uh, educational sessions. At these meetings, These are uh, this is how your doctors stay abreast, no pun intended, of all the, uh, the new things in our field. So there are educational uh, forums. There are, uh, there are panel discussions. There are teaching courses, cadaver dissections. There's all sorts of things. And uh, this is the big one every year. There's also other smaller meetings during the year, but this is the big one. So I'm out here. You're in New York, but we are live, and you can give me a call, 800-321-0710. Tonight, we've got a great show planned for you. We're going to talk about the hot topics in plastic surgery. So we're going to talk about the lymphomas that uh, have been seen with textured breast implants. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the Brazilian butt lift. Boy, oh boy, the Brazilian butt lift and uh, the risks of that procedure. We're also going to talk about vaping tonight. Vaping on this show, we've got a pulmonary expert, actually a thoracic surgeon, 
from Robert Wood Johnson, St. Barnabas Health, uh, and he's going to talk about uh, the deaths in vaping, which uh, are just terrible, just terrible and rising. So we're going to learn about that. That's a very important story for you or your, uh, or perhaps your children or grandchildren. You'll want to hear this. So uh, uh, we've got all sorts of things to talk about. So please give me a call. You know, if you're driving in your car, uh, pull over to the side or uh, or let your mate in the car actually make the phone call. Uh, but do give a call, 800-321-0710. All right, so what's going on in plastic surgery? You know, this is the field that everyone wants to be part of. You know, the residents in medical schools all want to be plastic surgeons. It really is. It's the most competitive field in all of, pla in all of medicine. It is the most creative field in medicine, and in fact, it is the really the only thing in medicine, if you think about plastic surgery, it is so creative, and much of medicine, most of medicine, maybe all of medicine, is not. It's sort of taking care of illness and taking care of patients to stay healthy, yes, but the artistry in medicine is all in plastic surgery, whether we're doing a facelift, whether we're doing a rhinoplasty, which is nasal reshaping, whether we're doing a breast-altering procedure, such as an augmentation that's making the breast bigger, or making them smaller, or lifting them, or, or restoring your appearance to what you looked like before pregnancy or before the injury, well, this is what plastic surgery is all about. So uh, tonight, we're here at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting. Noah is sitting there in New York taking your phone calls, 800-321-0710. So let's talk about what I came out here for. Besides learning about the, the new things in plastic surgery, I was asked to be part of a panel discussion on the Brazilian butt lift. And what is that? It's a really poorly named procedure. The Brazilian butt lift is not a lift at all. It's actually a procedure where we make your buttocks larger. Now, let's think about this for a, a few minutes. Uh, over time, over history, people have either wanted to be thin or fat. And you say, well, who would want to be fat? Well, you know, if you look at the uh, 19th century, the, the models for drawings, for paintings, the 19th century, the 18th century, the 15th, the 16th, it's all overweight people. And why would that be? That's because the rich people, the people with money, also had money for food. And the people who uh, worked very hard and didn't have a lot of money were very thin. And so the aristocracy, well, those people that were in the paintings were always maybe a little bit plump. And so that was considered, all you have to do is go to the Metropolitan Museum and look at the paintings. You won't see waif-thin people in those paintings from the 19th century. It's all kind of uh, plump. And that was a good health thing. But then came Twiggy. Remember Twiggy? 40, 50 years ago, she was the model that uh, was the ideal person, I guess, in the late 1960s. And she was so thin, and everybody wanted to look like her. So that spawned the diet industry in the United States. Uh, you know, all the Weight Watchers, and everybody wanted to be Twiggy. And in fact, in the 1960s, oh, housewives all over were taking amphetamines, amphetamines, and but they were called diet pills then. So uh, uh, that's what happened. But now, now we fast forward to the Kardashians. <laughs> the Car now, these are people who have typified the very large buttocks, and uh, and so the Brazilian butt lift was, uh, uh, they say they haven't had it. Actually, I think one of them has uh, said now she has had it, but what is the butt lift? It's taking fat from your belly, 
or wherever else you want to give it. Most people have more than enough in the belly. And uh, then we inject it into the buttocks to make the buttocks larger and more round. And, uh, you know, why is that done? Well, you know, we won't go into the exact details of who wants that and why, but rather let's talk about whether or not it's safe because that really is the issue. Well, there have been many deaths from the Brazilian butt lift procedure in the United States. Actually, uh, if you look at the numbers of people that have had it, the uh, American Society of Plastic Surgeons has started keeping numbers in 2012. Uh, that was the first year, and I believe there were somewhere around 10,000 or so of those procedures in 2012. Last year, somewhere around 24,000. So it's certainly rising in popularity, but along with the rise in popularity, the Brazilian butt lift, which is not a lift at all, but rather an enlargement of the buttocks, has been associated with hundreds of deaths. And I'll tell you something, six in one office alone in, I believe it was Fort Lauderdale. Six deaths, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And the, uh, the uh, panel discussion that I was part of, I was asked to uh, give my views. Uh, many of you who have listened to this show know that I wrote an editorial for USA Today in March, February, March of this year. And uh, the title of my editorial was, uh, I'm a plastic surgeon who doesn't do Brazilian butt lifts. They're deadly. And I didn't make friends amongst the fellow plastic surgeons uh, <laughs> writing that uh, opinion piece for USA Today. And in fact, uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of people crowding into the uh, lecture hall uh, for the panel discussion today, so many that it was standing room only, and that's, uh, that's good. But most of the people that went, that appeared, and listened to the uh, panel discussion were people that do do the Brazilian butt lift. So I would venture to say that most of the people in the United States that do the Brazilian butt lift procedure were there today to hear a debate between uh, myself and uh, another plastic surgeon from Manhattan and two plastic surgeons against us. We debated. Uh, Dr. Glassberg and myself said uh, we should not be doing the Brazilian butt lift. And a couple other plastic surgeons uh, said we should be doing it. And it was, uh, uh, you can only imagine, maybe a little bit heated. It was a uh, discussion. No one likes to be told not to do a procedure. And, uh, you know, certainly if your livelihood is a procedure and if you really do have a good track record and think you're helping people and, uh, and making people beautiful, if that's what they want, if they want a larger buttocks, then it's not easy to, uh, to say let's ban a procedure. But what happened in Florida with the dozens of deaths, over a dozen, I believe it's up to 15 in the last couple of years, uh, from the Brazilian butt lift procedure, what happened was because there were so many and because this profession did not police itself, they introduced a procedure uh, that had a high death rate. One in 3,000 is the latest number. Uh, the Florida Board of Registration, that's the medical board in Florida, decided to act on their own. And they said, okay, if you're going to do this procedure, you're going to do it our way, and you can't inject fast underneath the muscle. That's where the deaths have been occurring. And if you do, you're going to lose your license. And that's a scary thing for doctors. Traditionally, we're not told exactly, micromanaged how to practice medicine. We're left to ourself, to our own profession to police itself. But that's what happened in Florida. So when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this topic and we'll talk about vaping and we'll answer your questions. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. Here in New York, I'm in San Diego. You're in New York. Give me a call. Noah will be back after these words.
Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques, healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight, It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR in New York. Heard live and... uh, Pretty good in the uh, car from Maine to Virginia, and, you know, it'll even get down to Florida in the winter, and uh, almost, almost, I, you can pull in WOR in Chicago. I've got someone in the in the room here at the uh, Aesthetic, or uh, the American Society for Plastic Surgeons meeting in, in San Diego, where we're broadcasting live, and uh, my compatriot here is from Chicago. You probably pull in WOR. It's 50,000 watts, and... Uh, Great listening if you're in Chicago. But on the Internet, everybody's listening around the world. So give us a call, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So I was talking about the Brazilian butt lift procedure. where That's why I'm in uh, San Diego right now. I just finished a half an hour ago being part of a panel discussion. Didn't make too many friends. Uh, didn't make too many friends out here because uh, my panel discussion, my part was to say that, well, You know, I don't want to use the word ban a procedure. That's not the best. I think we should have a moratorium on the Brazilian butt lift procedure. And the reason I think so is because we don't understand why all these people are dying from the procedure. We just don't. Uh, We think we know, but we're not sure we can actually fix the procedure. So I always say uh, when there's a procedure like uh, a heart valve procedure, like uh, uh, our next uh, guest is a cardiac surgeon, and uh, the... uh, the new heart valve called the Taver valve placed through the groin. Well, it was uh, it was introduced in 2002. I guess it was first described. And uh, there were three different trials and three different studies. And FDA finally approved that heart valve in 2012. That's 10 years of study. Good study to protect you as a patient 
uh, from having a procedure that might be dangerous. Well, in plastic surgery, it's a little bit different because uh, what happens in plastic surgery is someone uh, thinks up a procedure like a Brazilian butt lift procedure, uh, maybe uh, does a few patients, gets on Channel 5, hires a public relations agent, and uh, then has all sorts of people coming to his or her door wanting the procedure. And then we learn whether it's safe or not. That's not the way to do it. So I called for a moratorium on the Brazilian butt lift procedure now. Uh, let's study it. Let's find out if it's going to be safe, it's gonna be, if it's going to be something uh, that we can do because it is the most dangerous procedure in all of cosmetic surgery. All right, we're going to talk about vaping now. I have Dr. Subrato Paul. Uh, Dr. Paul is an MD. He's also got a, a Master's of Public Health degree, uh, and he is a thoracic cardiac surgeon uh, from the uh, Robert Wood Johnson St. Barnabas Health System. So, uh, Dr. Sobrato, are you on the line? Dr. Sobrato Paul, I'm, rather, are you on the line? I'm on the line. How are you? Very good. I, wa I want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. Now, I'm in San Diego at the uh, annual meeting of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, so we're broadcasting across the country here, and I'm very happy to have you on the line now. Now, uh, Dr. Paul is, uh, is a, an exceptionally well-trained, and uh, you, you're going to blush uh, when I say this, he, he's uh. exceptionally well-trained, went to Harvard Medical School, and unfortunately trained across the street from me. At the, he was at the Brigham and Women's. I was at Beth Israel. There's a rivalry, uh, but I think I was there before you. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I know that if you've trained at the Brigham, uh, you're a, an exceptional cardiac and thoracic surgeon. So thank you so much for taking time on this Saturday evening. Thank you for having me. And uh, as I would say, everyone who trains in Boston has gotten exceptional training. I have a lot of colleagues at the BI still. And uh, I don't know if you know Sidhu Gangaradan. He's an excellent thoracic surgeon over there, uh, helped train me when I was a resident. So that's a great institution. And I don't know if there's a rivalry. We're all like colleagues together, right? We are. We are. Yeah. No, uh, Robert Thur uh, was uh, the cardiac oh, surgeon yeah. there who actually operated on my father, had a bypass surgery there. So, uh, okay. But anyway, we're talking about vaping today. It's, a, it's, it's in the newspapers. Uh, it's on TV every single night. The CDC announced that there's been seven confirmed deaths. I think there's an eighth now. Uh, 400 possible cases. I think there's actually 500 now. This is a story we can't even keep up with because it's it's rapidly uh, developing. So tell us now, what's going on? Why are there these problems with vaping? So you know, I was uh, listening into your show, and and um, you know, you're talking about you know, a moratorium on Brazilian butt lifts, and that resonates with me. Maybe they should have a moratorium on vaping and selling vaping products until they figure out what's going on. It's killing our you know, it's uh, making our young people sick, and it's killing people. And maybe that's what we need to do. And I think, you know, they've started uh, looking at this. And uh, I don't know if you, in the news, Walmart has decided that they're not going to sell electronic cigarettes. Uh, New York State has banned flavored cigarette, uh, e-cigarettes from being sold. And, uh, you know, the CDC is, like, you know, putting out a, you know, an advisory saying you should think twice before uh, vaping. So, you know, I think this is a, a, a big public health problem that's out there, and it's getting, uh, you know, basically adolescents, teenagers, and preteens sick, and giving them, you know, as one one teen put it out there in, in his uh, in his lawsuit, he's giving him the lungs of a 70 year old. Uh, we don't want that. You know, we've you know over the last you know two decades, we've made headways in getting people to quit smoking, and you know. And that obviously makes, if you quit smoking, you don't develop lung cancer, your risk of heart, heart disease, 
other cancers all go down, uh, but now there's, you know, there's, there's a replacement, and this is this vaping phenomenon. So um, I think, you know, the question is, you know, why is this happening? And it, it co- kind of goes back to looking at what exactly vaping is. Vaping is inhaling um, a vapor by heating a liquid. usually has some oils in it and some other uh, chemicals such as nicotine, which is, as we know, highly addictive. And people have also been trying to put, uh, you know, other products kind of like on the black market uh, illegally onto these things. And I think when they do that or uh, alter the drugs that you can alter the chemicals or the devices that you can have for this, it creates these impurities, um, like particularly these oils. These oils have to be all vaporized by the time they get into, by the time the product gets into your lungs. If it leaves a little, even a little bit in there, we know that oils in the lung create lots and lots of uh, inflammation and uh, basically scarring and gets people very acutely ill. So I think that's what's going on. And unfortunately, we've seen these uh, these poor kids in New Jersey as well. And you know, some of them have terrible lung disease. They wind up with a breathing tube in, and it's just fortunate that they're young and a lot of them get off. And we've had a few people who we've had to put on what we call ECMO or heart-lung bypass to kind of get them through it until they can kind of recover from this. So it's it's definitely a big problem. And, you know, I think the term moratorium that you use is very apt for this as well. My guest this evening is Dr. Subrato Paul at the Robert Wood Johnson, the RWJ Barnabas Health System. He's the lead for thoracic surgery and uh, a Barnabas Health medical group provider with a specialty in treating lung cancer. So, Wow, what a uh, what a pertinent guest! I'm so happy you're uh, you're here tonight because this is this is absolutely in the news and escalating almost by the minute. This vaping story. You know, you you mentioned that uh, Walmart is going to stop selling vaping products, but but they also uh, are going to continue selling cigarettes. Oh, I, you know, I wish they would take the high road and say, hey, no cigarettes. And how about pharmacies? pharmacies that sell cigarettes that always gets me when i see that some of them are not but uh, boy isn't that something huh yeah i mean it's uh you know it, it's a good thing some larger pharmacies have stopped selling cigarette and uh, uh nicotine products that are addictive but not everybody so it's uh you know it's a it's a public health problem and i think you know as a society we, we have to decide how we're going to protect our youth when they don't know sometimes any better what's going to happen to them by inhaling these products so it's up to us. It's up to the government, and you know. And I think there's a lot of um, obviously talk about it since there's been seven, at least seven deaths, over 500 people uh, affected by this, and probably countless more. I mean, there's probably people who are in hospitals. They're sick. People don't know why, and then if they really went back and looked, they'll find out that they were probably sick for some sort of illegal or legal vaping product. All right. So so now they. We know that these vaping companies try and hook the children. They really do. That's why they have the flavors and the colors, and right. the, you know, it, it, which is really sinister in my opinion. It's just terrible. But what what does the vaping actually do to your lungs? How does it damage your lung? So it's um, just if you know, uh, you know, talk about being full of hot air. So it's essentially what it does. It uh, it creates this hot uh, vapor of some you know, addictive substance and it's contaminants. So it's usually supposed to be nicotine, but people have been using other uh, chemicals like uh, marijuana type products or uh, other oils to put into their lungs. And the hot air goes in and we know that when you have hot air into your lungs, it creates a 
a heat injury, a burn essentially in your lungs, and it leads to diseases what we used to call popcorn, what we call popcorn lung or bronchial bladders obliterans, where basically your lung tissue is getting burned and fried from uh, having hot air into it. The other thing that happens is that uh, if, if this, like we had talked about a little bit before, if you have these oils left over, those can really cause a lot of damage to your lung and inflammation. And basically, it's like getting uh, a thousand little cuts in your lung from the oil tissue, which just reacts with your lung and kind of uh, destroys it. And then, you know, long term, there's, you know, in addition to the nicotine that's in there, there's heavy metals like nickel, there's some additives. Uh, that we know are known to be carcinogenic in there. So there's other stuff in there that, you know, if it doesn't acutely make you sick and you know, put you in the hospital on a ventilator and a breathing tube, uh, long-term may actually cause uh, damage as well, like maybe even lung cancer. We just don't know yet. Well, that's a scary thought. So if it doesn't kill you today, it could kill you in uh, 10 years or, or yeah. 30 years. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? Right. So, so some other lung diseases that may require like having a lung transplant if they're oh destroying goodness. their lungs. And uh, now, is there a pulmonary fibrosis, uh, which is uh, a a disease uh, that causes a scarring in the lung? Does that can that be caused by vaping? Um, well, we don't know. Uh, you know the long term consequences. So, if you develop a acute lung injury and you know, an acute burn to your lungs, and your body has to heal, we know that in some people the healing leads to scarring. So we don't know enough yet because we're just kind of beginning to see the tip of the iceberg of this problem. But probably we would find that some people, you know, heal by scarring and some people maybe heal to get relatively normal. But, you know, who wants to take that chance? You know, not, you know being the father of a, uh, a 12-year-old who tells me, oh, yeah, all the kids in my school, the older kids, wow. they – uh, and, you know, we don't even know about it because, it, you know, I saw some kid vaping uh, on the corner from my daughter's school. And I didn't know if she went to my daughter's school or not. But, you know, basically she's got a little, you know, USB cartridge. And, you know, it doesn't even look like something. And all this hot air comes out of or uh, vapors come out of her mouth. Um, it, you know, it, it's something at least is near and dear to me because, you know, it's affecting my uh, you know, affecting my daughter's generation. You know, you can't have all these people with bad lungs. Uh, isn't isn't that terrible? It, you know, it makes me nauseated when I see a uh, a kid or a teenager smoking or mm -hmm. or now vaping. And I, I think part of the reason they do this is they they're uh, they, they don't understand how dangerous it is. And they also, I think, some of them think they're getting away with something because you don't have that cigarette smoke smell on your clothes right. uh, with it. So uh, now, do you think though that the vaping can lead to smoking in the future? Definitely. Uh, nicotine is a highly addictive substance, and uh, you know, the, the vaping products that you buy for, on the market have high levels of nicotine in it, so it's extremely addictive. So what happens if, say, there's a moratorium put on all vaping products and uh, vaping compounds? People are going to take up cigarette smoking because they have to get their nicotine fix mm. in some way. So it, it, you know, it was supposed to be an alternative to cigarette smoking so people can get off cigarettes and, and hopefully off the vaping, uh, kind of a healthier alternative. We're finding that, you know, there's unintended consequences, that it's it's not safer, and it could lead to addiction later on. It leads to addiction. It could lead to cigarette addiction or other gateway drugs as well. 
So, so now parents listening, and, and I assume that my listening audience is more intelligent, <laughs> and hopefully they're not vaping, uh, but your kids may be, or your grandchildren may be. What, what can parents or grandparents do to prevent their kid from using vapes or help them to stop using them? Well, I think the first thing is, with all things, having a candid uh, conversation with your, with your children about what the dangers are. Um, my daughter did this study and or looked at some statistics, and she told me that 34% of children uh, or preteens didn't know that there was nicotine in these vaping products. So I don't think they know what they're getting into, that what's in these substances, how dangerous they can be, what they can lead to. So I think if you have a con- you know, candid conversation with them, and you know the signs are are harder to find. You know, before if you were smoking, like you said, you had some, you smelled the smoke, you had some stains on your clo- on your teeth and your fingers, but you don't see that. And the devices are small and they can be hidden. You can buy it on you know, on the web. So I think, you know, you have to have that conversation. You have to tell them that the dangers of it. And if they're already vaping, I think you have to take them to an addiction specialist. You know, try to wean them off the nicotine. Being, you know. You know, people who smoke, my dad used to smoke, and it took him forever to get off uh, from smoking because nicotine is so addictive. And, you know, you're in the vaping products have nicotine at very high levels. So it, I think you have to get some professional help to get some of these kids uh, off these products if they're addicted to them at that point. Yeah, that's uh, sage advice from Dr. Subrata Paul uh, from the RWJ Barnabas Health System, uh, thoracic surgeon. He treats lung cancer. He'd rather not have to treat lung cancer, I'm sure, like any yeah. physician. That's the last thing we want. You know, my, my father, uh, you mentioned uh, your father smoked. My father smoked uh, right up until the day of his first heart attack. And, uh, you know, he quit, but eventually the cigarettes did get to him because he got lung cancer. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he lasted a long time, but it's very, very poignant for me, and it really really bothers me when I see people using nicotine because it's such an injurious substance. So if they are, what are some of the resources? We're going to wrap up now. What are some of the resources to help people stop using the vapes? Well, I think they can go online and learn about some of the products. Uh, you know, at our institution, we have a Institute for Prevention and Recovery, and so do other health institutions. And you should give them a call, and they can talk about you know, quitting nicotine addiction, and this would be one of the first ways of doing that. And the phone number is, I've got it here, it's 833-795-QUIT. That's Q-U-I-T. I'll say it again. 833-795-QUIT. And there's an email. If you want to email someone at the uh, center, it's the quit center at rwjbh.org. So once again, it's quit center at rwjbh.org. Dr. Sobrato Paul a uh, terrific surgeon and doctor. I want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. There's more to the show. Stay tuned. We've got another half hour here. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Keep on listening. The phone number is 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. We've become a nation obsessed with losing weight, but we seem to be losing sight of why. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we take a different approach to weight loss. Instead of emphasizing short-term goals like reducing the size of your waist, we focus on long-term benefits 
like reducing your risk of diabetes, sleep apnea, and hypertension. And for those whose best option is bariatric surgery, your journey begins with a nurse navigator who will be with you from the time you commit right through recovery. Along the way, you'll learn about different surgical techniques, healthy eating, sensible exercise, and support groups. And once you find your healthy weight, you'll look and feel better too. It's not about losing weight overnight. It's about staying healthy over time. Visit rwjbh.org slash weight loss. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skincare really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and I am broadcasting live from San Diego. We're at the San Diego Convention Center overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and I'm looking through the windows at the exhibit hall now. A flurry of plastic surgeons. There are 8,000 plastic surgeons that are members of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. And at this meeting, this is the meeting of the year. This is the one that all of us want to go to. This is the premier plastic surgery meeting in the world. And it, it goes to a different city every year. This year it's in San Diego. And it attracts not just the 8,000 plastic surgeons in the United States, but also plastic surgeons from all over the world. There's a, an awful lot of doctors from South America and Central America here and Asia and all over. It's really very impressive. And, uh, and we learn at these meetings. We learn a lot. And, you know, most plastic surgeons want to keep up. We want to stay current. And we do that by reading our journals. We do that by attending teaching courses and uh, the annual meeting, of course, of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, which I am at. And I just gave my, uh, my little lecture on the Brazilian butt lift. Uh, didn't make too many friends here because no one uh, wants to give up a procedure. And uh, I quoted some ethics studies. I actually went to Dr. Arthur Kaplan. Uh, Dr. Kaplan is a medical ethicist at New York University and probably the premier medical ethicist in the world now. And Dr. Kaplan gave me a, a quote. I explained the problem we were having with the Brazilian butt lift and all the deaths and why people were dying. And he was just astounded and said it's completely unethical for us to be doing these procedures until such time as we have proven them safe. And remember, it's one thing if you need, you need something life-saving. So if you have uh, an aortic aneurysm, for, some, for, for instance, or a brain tumor, well, of course you're going to accept whatever risks are necessary to perform those procedures, to remove the tumor, to fix the aneurysm. No matter how risky it is, the alternative is that you're not going to be alive if you don't have the procedure. But as I said earlier, 
no one ever died of a small buttocks, and uh, no one ever died of a large nose. We want to make sure, well, maybe one person, but uh, no one, uh, seriously, no one will die of uh, cosmetic surgery issues, and we don't want cosmetic surgery to be deadly. We want it to be as safe as possible, and that's exactly why we had the forum here today. We had Dr. Alan Matarasso on my program a few weeks ago talking about uh, this issue, and uh, we'll have him on in a couple weeks again to, uh, to kind of recap what we uh, did at this meeting. So the Brazilian butt lift, we'll close that topic today uh, and, uh, and maybe talk about Joe Biden for a minute. Why? <laughs> well, actually, I was in the Washington Examiner a couple days ago. They called me up and they asked me to look at, at Joe Biden's photographs. They, at, they said, did he have a facelift? And, you know, I'm not, we're not making judgments whether or not it's good or bad, but I took a good close-up look at his photographs, and absolutely Joe Biden had a facelift. If you look at his pictures, he's got classic facelift scars that are not so good. And it always I always wonder, you know, with the politicians and the celebrities, with all their money and fame and access to people, um, not so good uh, plastic surgery, I have to tell you, Joe. Uh, what he has is a scar that goes down his cheek about more than half an inch. And uh, I don't know what happened with the uh, procedure, but it's pretty difficult to fix. We have to redo the whole facelift when you have that result. And I've done plenty of people who have had facelifts from other plastic surgeons, and their, their incisions are far out from the ear. Now, when we do a facelift, and I do a short scar facelift, Joe had a long scar facelift, which is a... Also interesting because probably more than half of plastic surgeons in the United States now do short scar facelift, and that means there's no incisions behind the ear, which is so important for most people and particularly men because all you have to do, go to my Facebook page, by the way. It's facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. I put these pictures up in the article in the Washington Examiner, uh, and you see Joe Biden's uh, pictures, and, and I'm not picking on it. I mean, it's a gr I think it's a great thing that Joe did a, had a facelift because I encourage this. <laughs> this is not a bad thing. I just want people to have good cosmetic surgery, and I encourage people to come out of the closet like Joan Rivers did. You know, she was happy to talk about her cosmetic surgery, um, and she died not from cosmetic surgery, remember. That was a whole different story. Uh, but Joan was uh, out there, and, uh, and she did a service to people, just like Angelina Jolie when she came out of the closet and talked about her BRC1 gene and that she had uh, prophylactic mastectomies. That means she had her breasts removed so she would not develop breast cancer, and she had her ovaries removed. Uh, when people do these things, when they come out, whether it's depression or mental illness or the BRC gene, or facelifts. They're doing everybody a service by talking about it because there's, you know, it's not a secret. So what if someone has cosmetic surgery? That's not bad. We buy nice clothing and you don't say, oh, this is, uh, I, this is old. <laughs> it's new clothing. And, and, you know, I'm not equating surgery with just buying clothing uh, because when we talk about the Brazilian butt lift, we, it's absolutely not. Like no one ever died trying on a dress. Uh, but people are dying from the Brazilian butt lift procedure. But uh, Joe Biden had a facelift, yes. If you look on my Facebook page, you'll see it, and that's a good thing. I, I actually think it would be to his advantage to come out and say, yeah, I've had a facelift, and I've had a hair transplant, I've had a whole lot of things. So what? So what? And so a 
hundreds of thousands and millions of other Americans and that's why there are 8,000 plastic surgeons in the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and that's why we have meetings uh, every year and this one is in San Diego. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Now have I talked about Plexiderm yet today? I don't think so. Have you used Plexiderm? Oh, my goodness. This is, uh, they're not here at the plastic surgery meeting. Uh, John Greenhut should bring his company to the plastic surgery meeting. But Plexiderm is a great new product. Uh, yeah, it's not so new. It's about a year or two old now. Uh, but it's the one that you see on all those cable TV commercials. Uh, you know, they have the time-lapse photography. They have the woman or the man. And they've got these big bags under their eyes or wrinkles on their face. And, uh, and they put on Plexiderm on the wrinkles, on the face. Now, it's not skin care. It's not actually doing anything for your skin. It's more like makeup because when this material, this silicone material dries, the, the actual word is cures on your face, when it dries, it kind of pushes in the bags, and you look really good. I know personally, and I cannot say their names because they'll sue me, <laughs> but I know plenty of celebrities that use this stuff every single day when they go on TV and every news broadcast, they all put Plexiderm on because they look 10 years younger. They look great. Yeah, I didn't believe it in the beginning, so I asked John to send me some for my wife. He sent me some. I put it on my wife. It works. It's really nice. John has given me, that's John Greenhut, who's uh, president of the company and a friend of mine for years. We did night skin together. Remember, that he does great products, and he's got Plexiderm. 800-925-9963 is the number. If you call that number, you'll get 50% off your Plexiderm. Do it. Call it. What do you have to lose? Nothing, because if you don't like it, if you don't think it's working, and you won't, by the way, but if you don't, you just call them up and return it. They'll give you your money back. If they give you a hard time, they're not going to give you a hard time. But if they give you a hard time, call me up, and I'll call them for you. 800-925-9963. That's 800-925-9963. You'll get 50% off your Plexiderm order. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. When we return from the break, we're going to talk about another very serious topic, and that is lymphomas caused by breast implants. Ah, not too much fun to talk about these things, but this is real life. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. Ladies, are you seeing an older person in the mirror? You love your mother, but you might not want to look like her. She was older, and you're not. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Botox, wrinkle fillers, a rejuvenating facial laser, or Althera might be just what you need. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar facelifts. Let's spend an hour together in my Fifth Avenue or Somerset, New Jersey offices. I'll examine you and will alter your photographs with my new Vectra 3D camera to show you what you could look like after surgery. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820 or 732-422-9600. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Listen carefully if you're interested in beautiful skin. 
I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Good skincare really can improve your appearance. I know you've used many products over the years and haven't seen a difference. So you say, why should I try your skincare, Dr. Perry? Well, here's why. I combine scientifically proven ingredients into just a few products, and that keeps it simple. A study showed my skincare reduced the appearance of wrinkles by 20% and visual signs of aging by 44% at 12 weeks. That's huge, and that's real. Daytime with niacin protects, and nighttime with vitamins A and C nourishes. And Clean Time Cleansing Bar even removes most makeup. I'm offering my basic kit, all three products, for $65 plus shipping if you use the WOR2019 code. Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or call 844-DR-PERRY to order. To learn more, listen every Saturday at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, although today I'm in San Diego at the Convention Center at the annual meeting of the American Society for Plastic Surgeons. And uh, we're here because I uh, gave a, uh, a little lecture, a part of a panel discussion on the Brazilian butt lift procedure. But this, is, this meeting is so much more than just that. We talk about everything in cosmetic surgery from Botox to, uh, to mole removal to hand sur- surgery. Plastic surgery is a very big field, and cosmetic surgery, which is what I do, is just a part of it. Well, during the break, I got an email. And uh, I always wonder, just give me a call. I'm here to answer your questions. But, oh, okay, this is an interesting one. And uh, this is from Brad Leah, who says, hello, I was looking to see if your office performs lip flips. (laughs) Lip flips, do you do them? Well, okay. So I haven't mentioned lip flips on this uh, show before, but let's talk a little bit about this. You know, I, uh, I do an awful lot of wrinkle filler. And those of you know me, know that probably every single day in my office I'm injecting uh, a hyaluronic acid like Juvederm or Restylane or something like that uh, into the lips, into the uh, wrinkles around the mouth. Uh, I do it very artistically, and I don't want you, you to look like a duck because a lot of you look like ducks after you've had too much injected into your lip. And I have that picture in my office. Those of you who have been to my office, I've got a picture of a woman that I saw in Pasadena I was uh, at the Huntington Museum in Pasadena and uh, in the obligatory visit to the gift shop. And I'm sitting there and I see a woman with a lip that honestly was as big as a duck. I couldn't believe it. So I asked my wife for a camera. She says, why? I said, I have to do a selfie and uh, took a selfie of me, made sure I got her in the picture so that (laughs) I, uh, I show that to my patients. This is what you don't want to do. You don't want to look like a duck. You want to have absolutely normal-looking lips. And so a lot of my patients, they come in, and they want their wrinkles filled, and they say, don't touch my lips because I don't want to look like a duck. And I have to really persuade them. I say, well, wait a minute now. First of all, I do all the procedures. I don't delegate it to a nurse. I don't let a dentist inject, not a gynecologist. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and I do all the procedures, and I do them well and I do them creatively and artistically, and I will, will not let you look like a duck. I promise. <laughs> I never have. So, And I do that by injecting very tiny amounts of filler into the lip. Each injection, and I do hundreds of injections in one person. My nurse counted at one point. She stopped counting at 300. I numb you up like a dentist, and then uh, I inject little tiny amounts of filler into the lips, Uh, into the ridge between the white and red of the lip 
into the wrinkles around the lips, into the nasolabial fold, that's the fold between the nose and the corner of the mouth, uh, into the marionette line, that's the fold between the corner of the mouth and the chin, uh, into the what we call the groove uh, underneath the uh, between the jowl and the chin, and it's a very comprehensive filling. Sometimes I'll make your chin bigger, sometimes the uh, cheeks are made bigger, sometimes if you have acne scars or chickenpox scars, we'll fill those, but I will not make you look like a duck. So what is the lip flip? Well, that is an attempt at a lip augmentation with, without using filler, but with using Botox. And the way it's done, and, and by the way, I don't do this. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, I get right to the punchline here. So in answer to your question, the person that uh, just emailed me, no, I'm not going to do it. Because you have to inject little tiny bits of Botox to paralyze the orbicularis muscle. What's that muscle? That's the circular muscle around your lips that let you kiss, talk, and grasp a straw with your lips. Okay, so it's necessary, right? We want to make a nice O. And for those of you who smoke, you wouldn't be able to smoke if I paralyze. Good, that's probably a good thing. Maybe we'll inject the smoker so the cigarette falls out of your mouth. But that's a whole different story. Uh, <laughs> okay. My, my studio audience uh, like that one, I think. But anyway, so the lip flip, the Botox lip flip, injects a very small amount of Botox into the muscle, and, uh, and then it kind of turns the lip out so that the lip looks bigger without having filler put in it. All right, what's wrong with this? First of all, the chance of asymmetry is enormous. That means if the muscle isn't injected exactly the same depth, and amount on both sides of your upper lip, it's not going to flip appropriately. It might flip on one side and not flip on the other side. Uh, in addition, you're going to have some issues with maybe drooling, maybe some issues with talking, uh, things like that. So uh, that's not a good thing. We don't we don't want that. Remember the Joan Rivers commercial? I mentioned Joan all the time. You know, I interviewed her on this show a long time ago. Uh, but uh, Joan did that commercial, and she used to say, uh, uh, yes, I've had injections in my lip. Uh, am I smiling? Am I drooling? You know, she made a joke about it. You know, And I have actually had patients tell me uh, if I can inject around the lips, they would be willing to have drooling and lisping. Well, I think that crosses the line in cosmetic surgery. If you asked me to cut a finger off so that your, your hand was more symmetrical with only four fingers, of course I wouldn't do it. Do you know that there are actual people that have had cosmetic amputations. They've actually had part of their arms and legs removed for cosmetic reasons. This is nuts, and these are the ethical issues in cosmetic surgery that you know we have to, as plastic surgeons, we don't do these things. And any plastic surgeon who ever would, I wouldn't go to them. All right, so all right, the lip flip, that's not that dangerous, but uh, I wouldn't do it. And you also you'd need it every four months, as opposed to good wrinkle filler done creatively and beautifully, we can do wrinkle filler. The new um, Juvederm Volbella, which is what I've been using uh, extensively the last few months, uh, the new Volbella is really uh, such a wonderful substance uh, because of Volbella stays, 65% of people stay, uh, it stays in your lips uh, for a year, 65%. That's pretty good. The old generation of, of uh, hyaluronic acid, uh, well, that went away uh, much sooner. So, uh, you know, we we've, we hopefully are going to get Dr. Alan Matarazzo. He's on his way. Boy, he's the president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. And uh, he is the busiest man in the United States now, other than uh, 
maybe a president. Eh, the president's playing golf. It's probably Alan Matarazzo, who's the busiest guy in the country because he's running this meeting of 8,000 plastic surgeons and running from session to session. So uh, we're going to try and get a few, a few words from him in, in a few minutes. Uh, so maybe we'll make the uh, deadline, maybe we won't. But uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I did want to talk a little bit uh, and maybe we'll start the topic with uh, Dr. Matarasso. The uh, breast implants are a wonderful invention, and they were an invention. In 1962, they were first placed in people in the United States. Uh, actually, in Houston, I believe, the first breast implants were performed. Before that, uh, plastic surgeons and non-plastic surgeons injected silicone into women's breasts, and that was a disaster, an absolute disaster. It was free silicone, and... Uh, in 1962, the first implants, which had silicone contained in a kind of a balloon, uh, that was uh, done in the United States. And so uh, those implants uh, were performed. There were some issues with the implants, but they've gone through many, many, many generations of implants. And, uh, and um, now we're doing uh, all sorts of uh, implants called the gummy bear implants. Uh, but we found that textured implants, which are implants that have a coating, a uh, kind of a, uh, a textured coating. Those are the implants that have caused an issue. And February of this year, the FDA warned doctors about an association of those breast implants and cancer. And that's terrible. Uh, obviously, I mean, it, it's an understatement terrible. It's, can you imagine having an implant in that causes lymphoma? Well, the thing to remember is that it is an extremely rare, an extremely rare occurrence. And we're talking probably in the area of 1 in 30,000 women. So that's low. And I always say to my patients, the chance of dying in a car wreck in any given year in the United States, if you live in a big city, New York, Los Angeles, whatever, the chance of dying in a, in a car wreck is somewhere about 1 in 3,000. 1 in 3,000. used to be 1 in 2,000. 1 in 3,000. Airbags made it safer. Uh, so when we put into perspective the chance of getting a lymphoma from these implants, these textured breast implants, one in 30,000, <coughs> it's pretty low. So that's, that's the good news. The bad news is that uh, it happens, and we're pretty convinced now that it's not just, uh, you know, maybe it happens. But we think it happens. And uh, so the Allergan Company, which uh, has a big share of the breast implant market, a few weeks ago took off the market their textured breast implants. They took them off the market. And, and they erred on the side of caution. The FDA did not tell them to do it. So to their credit, they took them off the market. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it doesn't help you if you've got those implants in. Uh, but if you do, uh, the advice from the FDA, the advice from my friends at Sloan Kettering, for instance, and my advice is that you don't take out the implants unless there's a symptom. And what's the symptom? Well, a change in your breast shape. For instance, if you wake up one day and one breast is swollen, you need to go right to your plastic surgeon. You call him or her up and tell them that you need to be seen immediately. And that means today or tomorrow. Uh, or if there's uh, an increase in the firmness of the breast or pain around the breast or, or certainly a lump around the breast or under your armpit or you have swollen lymph nodes because this is a lymphoma that occurs, itching, redness, things like that. Uh, you go to your doctor, an MRI is done. If, however, you do have this very, very rare problem, 
it's easily taken care of. It really is. It's taken care of by taking out the implants and removing a capsule around the implant. That's how we do it. So, uh, uh, you know, don't lose a lot of sleep over this. Uh, not a big deal. We have, for the last five seconds, we've got Dr. Allen Matarasso. We've got, we've got 15 seconds left. Noah's already pulling me out. I want to thank Dr. Matarasso, the president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Dr. Matarasso, we're going to have you on this show. We're live in New York right now. Say hello to the audience. Hi, Arthur. Nice. Thank you for having us. Well, we're uh, here in San Diego. Uh, here in San Diego, and I said that Dr. Alan Matarasso is probably the busiest man in the United States today, and I want to thank you. I know we tried to get him a little earlier, but he's so busy. We're going to have you on in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you, and they know what a great job you did today on fat grafting. I told them. Good. Good. <laughs> thank Thanks. you, and thanks right. for being here. Thank you very Bye -bye. much. We'll see everybody next week.